He was walking along the road I asked him where was he going And this he told me Well I'm going down to Yasker's farm Gonna join in a rock and roll band Gonna get back to the land That set my soul free We are stardust We are golden And we got to get ourselves Back to the garden Welcome to Kaisis a podcast about living our new life in the new covenant age. Our podcast name comes from two Greek words, kaine ketesis, which mean new creation. I'm your co-host, Osvaldo Valdez, and let me introduce you, Pastor Todd Bordeaux. Osvaldo, it's good to be back. How you doing? Good. Enjoying the holidays, Pastor. For us Hispanics, it's like these two weeks is just pure party time. I'm enjoying it. Yeah, a lot of people. A lot of people, a lot of presents. And now that I'm married, that means I, I get more presents from, from Megan's side too. So that's nice. But it also means I buy more presents. So it's a give and take. Yeah. And do, do they all fit in your apartment? Mm, no. <laughs> no. <laughs> well, as, our, as many of our listeners know, we're now doing this from two states apart. Yeah. So I'm, go- I'm from Phoenix and you're still in Houston and... Um, we're excited for this new series called The Church. Yeah. And I think it's safe to say for many Christians, it's almost become crisis mode to try to find a good church. Mm, yeah. It's just not easy. We know from the Bible we should be a part of a church. And in Protestantism, there's hundreds and hundreds of kinds of churches. But often we're not finding what we see in the New Testament. And for many, it's difficult to put your finger on what exactly has gone wrong. And Osvaldo, I know at your age, your young age, you haven't been in too many churches, but can you understand the dilemma? Yeah. I mean, it's funny. I never really thought about it till I was in high school. And one of my we were, we were going through some really, really bad situation at church. You know, church was splitting up. That was like my first really bad church experience. It was like really confusing. I had just turned a Christian too. I, had, I embraced the gospel when I was in 10th grade. So it was like a weird thing. You're reading the Bible. Then you're like, you know, going through this church, uh, you know, division and, and, and fighting, infighting. On top of that, Pastor, I had a I had a friend. I think we were just talking about him, like uh, my Coptic Orthodox friend who used to criticize me for being Protestant and because I was really, you know, outspoken and whatever. And he used to say, you know, we come from the apostles, but you, you come from some guy in the 1500s. And I'm like, is that true? And, you know, just this confusion where I'm like, oh my gosh, I have fighting, fighting in my, in my church. I have this guy saying I'm not even a legitimate church and the history is true. What, what's going on? So yeah, it's really confusing and it really, 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 really terrible. So we're going to start off in today's episode talking about what is a church. And one thing we can see from the Bible, we can all sort of agree that the church is the gathering of the redeemed. Hmm. It's the gathering of the redeemed. They worship together. They share with one another. They help each other. They pray together. And they're on mission. They evangelize. 
That's what the church does. Now that includes the administration of the sacraments, etc. But it's the gathering of the redeemed. And this is true whether in the Old or New Testaments. Hmm. Now that'll look obviously a bit different depending on the era in the Bible, but still this was true um, all throughout the Bible. But the point I want to make for today is that the church, especially the New Covenant Church, is the eschatological community or what Jesus called the kingdom of heaven. In the New Testament, the church is called the kingdom of heaven. Now, when I say the church is the kingdom, I don't mean the church structure or the clergy, but all the people of God, what we make we call in Reformed theology the invisible church. The church as the people of God, the redeemed, is the kingdom of heaven. Think of Acts 20, 28. Be shepherds of the church of God, which he bought with his own blood. So the church is, in its basic understanding, uh, the redeemed. And we're not asking questions today about children and um, who's part of the outward visible community. We're talking about the basic definition of church in the Bible, which is the gathering of the redeemed. Now, in Matthew 16, it's really interesting in verses 18 and 19, that famous verse where Jesus says, And I tell you that you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church, and the gates of Hades will not overcome it. I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven, and whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven, etc. But notice, he starts off, Jesus says, I will build my church, and then he says, I will give you the keys to the kingdom of heaven. And so we see from there that the kingdom of heaven is the church. That as you open the doors to the church, you're opening the doors to the kingdom of heaven. The church then is the kingdom of heaven on earth. What do you think about the importance of seeing church as the kingdom of heaven? I think it's everything. I mean, it contextualizes our life as Christians and it contextualizes the faith that we embrace and that we have in common. I never forget, Pastor, I think something that, that kind of really helped me better articulate this was when my one of my professors at, in, in seminary, he asked me, he was like, what makes the church different from a social club? Or from like a club in general, you, we have to answer that. And and it forces you to think in, 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 the, in this exact language. We are an eschatological community. We are a community of the last days, a, a, a community that ho that is that can say that we host, you know, the spirit of the living God. Right. And that and that in turn answers questions like where do we belong? Answers questions like where are we going? Um, answers questions like why do we do what we do? The, the moment we see ourselves as an eschatological community, we, we better understand the call to a different life, right? a life of pilgrimage like we've been talking about, a life of sacrifice. We better understand our own suffering and persecution and our own difficulties. And I think in a more beautiful way, Pastor, in a more narrative sense, we better understand the story of the Bible. I mean, look at the language we're, we're using, the kingdom of heaven. Kingdom of heaven where? What do you mean that I am part of a kingdom of heaven? I thought heaven was far away. And then that forces me to reflect that, oh, no, heaven is here in a way. I experience heaven here in my own broken world. Because God's spirit has come upon me because the work of Christ has been applied to me. So it's really beautiful. I mean, in, in other words, once again, it, it's everything to think of the church in this language as the kingdom of heaven. 
when your professor asked you that, did he ask it in class where everyone had to answer right there? No, he, I mean, he said it as a rhetorical question, but I answered. I, I never took the rhetorical questions as rhetorical. <laughs> <laughs> it, it reminds me of the time I took a class with R.C. Sproul. There was only about nine of us nice. in the class, and we were in a room in a hotel in one of their conference rooms. And um, R.C. started off the class with, what is the gospel? <laughs> then when I went around the room, I think most of us were ministers. It's like, don't get this one wrong. Don't get this one wrong. <laughs> Imagine getting shamed by R.C. Sproul. Oh, no. I know. You don't want to be in one of his sermon examples in the future. Oh, no. no. But it was good. You know, he was grounding us in the very basics, making sure we were there. Hmm. And so we see in the Bible that when Jesus saves, he's not simply calling individuals to himself, but that Christ came to form a community of disciples that together live out the values of a new humanity, a heavenly people with heavenly ethics, ethics fit for heaven. And so the church becomes, um, it, or it's called to be a colony of the kingdom of heaven in the midst of this fallen world, in the midst of the peoples of this world. And as you said, the church receives the gift of the spirit to mold them into the heavenly people, to God, into God's new creation. And so the church is an eschatological community marked by the Spirit's presence, just like mm. in the Old Testament, the temple was marked by the Spirit's presence. Yeah. We are the temple in the new covenant. And so that's why the kingdom of God, the kingdom Christ came to bring, cannot be applied to politics or culture or economics. Because, as you said, those are not eternal things. Um, our culture cannot be filled with the Spirit. Our politics cannot be filled with the Spirit. They're all of this present life. And so the kingdom, as, Ro as Paul says in Romans 14, the kingdom of God is the Holy Spirit and joy in the Holy Spirit. And so the kingdom and the Spirit are seen connected. Mm. The kingdom of God is where the spirit has entered people and has now made them a community. So comment on the importance of this distinction between what this kingdom is and isn't. Man, that's a, uh, I think, I mean, I think that's what we've been kind of wrestling, not wrestling, but we've been trying to clarify that throughout, I think, if not all of our episodes, I mean, we, we're dealing with issues like, we tackle like issues like uh, theonomy or um, Christians trying to conquer culture, conquer politics, and, and like and and I think this is a great summary. It all stems from this. Are we able to distinguish between um, us being citizens of heaven and us being citizens of of, of the world that we live uh, now? And I wish I could give like like a straight like like a one or two second uh, two sentence answer, but I, just, I think it's very difficult because I, I think we we navigate in this weird tension, Pastor. Because in one sense, me as a Christian, for example, let me let me give you an example. Like, um, so as our listeners don't. I work for a nonprofit, and and I don't do it for the money <laughs> clearly, right? But like, there is something in me that wants to help the community around me, and that's not that's not me being self righteous. That's not me because it doesn't come from me. Right. It comes from the story that I've embraced, the gospel that I've embraced, that Christ has worked in my life. 
and I want to um, help the community around me. I want to help my neighbor. So in one sense, I do want to impact my community. But at the same time, it's weird, right? Because I worked in the area of, I'm working in the area of education. The kingdom will still advance even if my kids, the kids that I work with, don't advance academically, right? It's like a weird where I'm like, in one sense, um, academics are a, a, a thing of this life, but I'm still compelled to help them in this, in, in this area. But at the same time, I have to understand that even if they don't progress in their academics, even if the school systems that they're part of remain corrupt or remain broken, I mean, God's kingdom will continue to advance. God will restore our things nonetheless. So it's a weird tension that, that we navigate, but we have to distinguish nonetheless. Yeah, and that's a good point because, for instance, in Jesus' time, the essence saw themselves as an eschatological community awaiting hmm. the coming of the Messiah. And Jesus didn't really give them any attention because they had separated themselves from the world. They had moved together, yeah, uh, you know, near the Dead Sea. And, um, and, and they weren't in the world anymore, basically. Yeah. But the people of God, as citizens of heaven, are also simultaneously citizens of their lands, yeah. of this world. And so we're not called to escape as an eschatological community, but to be a witness. Hmm. And that includes the common grace sharing with the world. We share cultures, we share politics, we serve, we submit to their authorities um, until they, de you know, they demand us to violate our conscience for Christ. But our mission is to be here as a gospel mission, to love people, to bring the gospel to them and to live as the he new humanity yeah. to, sh to show them in the new way we relate to each other, what Christ can do. So where it goes wrong, why it tends to be so difficult to find a good church is where you ignore this basic understanding of the church. So I'll give you some examples. Uh, the church exists to preserve its own existence and its own traditions instead of being a light to win people to Christ. Um, in this type of church, their own culture and traditions are what's important, maybe cultural or um, whatever other area. You think of maybe Eastern Orthodox type churches who really aren't very evangelistic. They don't seem that interested in evangelism, but in preserving their traditions. Yeah. Or it can be, even be conservative churches or where the end goal is membership, get them to sign the dotted line. <laughs> Instead of ministering the gospel and the kingdom of God, whether they join our church or not. Mm -hmm. So it's sort of a preserving its own existence instead of being a light. Uh, the second type of church that can be a problem is when they immerse themselves in what Paul called the affairs of this life. And he said, no soldier, you know, in Second Timothy, immerses himself in the affairs of this life. And so the goal of these churches may be temporary social change. And this can be on the right or left politically. But they want the kingdom to be seen in a very cultural, political way. When the Bible says the kingdom can only be seen with eyes of faith. Hmm. And so when they make it all about making this temporary life better, what gets minimized, of course, is that this whole world is under judgment. And a better life does not ultimately help people. Hmm. And so we lose our, our salt, our flavor of bringing the gospel to people.
And like I said, this can happen in conservative or liberal churches. The third example is dominionism. We've talked about this. The church seeking the reins of power. The goal then is not to reach unbelievers with the gospel, but to defeat them. And so it, it, it changes the mission enough where the true mission of evangelism is so minimized, it almost disappears. Uh, the fourth one is where a church just wants to keep growing. And so they compromise. They're not prophetic anymore. They talk about all the practical ways to live a great life using religion. So they ignore the reality in the scripture that the world's, I mean, Christ said the world will persecute us and hate us. We are to sacrifice for the gospel together. And so in these churches, you're not really encouraged to follow the way of the cross. They tend to baptize Americanism, materialism, capitalism, etc. And we certainly have seen a lot of that lately. Yeah. Uh, the next example would be the cultural enclave. They simply want to be different from the world, uh, stay away from the world, judge the world. This, these churches are very high on authority uniformity they're almost cult-like <laughs> telling people how to be different from the world in every possible way and then you have of course the ones with horrible theology or just complete incompetence in preaching yeah. it's amazing how many and and you know moving to phoenix i start to look for a church how many untrained people are in pulpits who really don't know what to do with the bible it's it's shocking. Yeah. And I'm not suggesting you have to have a, a full degree and everything, but you can see people who have just never been trained of what to do with the Bible. Yeah. Now, I'm not suggesting these type of churches are not real churches. Only God knows that. But I'm suggesting that the more we get away from this idea of the, the community of heaven here as a witness to reach the lost, and to live out together that sacrificial, loving life with each other, the more difficult it is to find a good church. Yeah. Um, any comment on these I've mentioned? Yeah, I mean, uh, I've said it before. For me, a lot of a lot of these, for example, dominionism, compromising by not being prophetic, churches that just kind of you know it's about self help essentially. Um, I mean, those two. And the first one, that the church exists to preserve its own existence and tradition. That, for me, that stems from a prosperity theology, Pastor, especially dominionism. And I think I said it before, it, 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 that's prosperity theology through and through, just in, just repackaged in everything. And, 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 and we've stressed this throughout our, 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 our episodes. We're called to be a, a people of the cross, and that means being pilgrims and, and, and embracing that identity. We, we are pilgrims, we are pilgrims, we are pilgrims. Like if we don't repeat uh, that to ourselves, and not, not, not literally, right? But like we're not, if we're not molded by, by the theology behind that language, that we're pilgrims, that we're people who are waiting, that we're people who are in the wilderness, then it's, we're going to get caught up in the Americanism that you describe in the my, my best life here. You're going to get caught up in the culture war. Why? Because if you don't see yourself as a pilgrim first before as a Christian pilgrim before anything else, you're going to, we're going to have that danger. So anyways, all this to say, I would, I would argue personally that I think one of the biggest threats right now, pastor is, 
is exactly that, that that prosperity theology that continues to get packaged and repackaged in a hundred different ways that just sadly seeps into you know our congregations that 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 that, that seeps into into the pulpit. But once again, I think I think. Uh, I don't know, and I, I, I know, I know you, you made you make these comments to the direction about why it's difficult to find a good church, and I wish we I could have like once again just like an easy answer to make you know the, the, to provide the solution, but there isn't right. But I think a good start is always like we've been saying this whole time, right? See ourselves as a as, as a people of of the wilderness, pilgrims first before anything else. Yeah, you said it so well, and, and that's what's getting harder and harder to find. Yeah, and there's no perfect church. Um, church will have some weaknesses, of course. Always. Um, but the church is here to glorify God with their new creation ethics, to be a witness to the world. I mean, look at Paul's summary of his whole ministry, 1 Corinthians 9. To the Jews, I became like a Jew to win the Jews. To the weak, I became weak to win the weak. I have become all things to all men so that by all possible means I may save some. I do all this for the sake of the gospel. And, and Paul's an example to us that the church exists not just for its own benefit, which it does. We need each other to grow. Um, but while we're here in this world to reach the lost, that evangelical mindset of, like you said, we are pilgrims, but we're pilgrims with a mission, even if yeah. that mission brings suffering. And so I would suggest, besides the standard answers, which are good, you know, we need good preaching, we need good theology, uh, we need good order. Um, evangelism is the way of life of a good church. That pilgrim mindset of praying for, welcoming, reaching out, but prophetically, warning of coming judgment, um, even if that's offensive, showing the new ethic to the world, um, that's the church where the Holy Spirit is filling. It's the heavenly kingdom on earth represented by the church. The church is the temple domain of the Holy Spirit. We're the only ones. And so, as you said, a good church believes this about themselves. Hmm. They live for the age to come. They're on mission for now. So they're not trying to live, as you said, their best life now or dominion now or authority now. And so it's more of a continuum that the more you can find this mindset, the more you can find um, a good church. No. And we're going to unpack this as we see how this plays out. And you're going to develop this in the coming weeks as we move from theology to history. Hmm. How did the early church live this out? And how did that change? So I'm excited yeah. for what you're going to bring next week too. But any closing thoughts on what the church is that we started today. Um, something that really caught my attention, you, you kept mentioning that we're witnesses, we're witnesses. And 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 it's and it's beautiful because in we see that most vividly in the book of Acts, right? When 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 Christ names his apostles as witnesses. But they're not witnesses to just like any random thing. They're specifically witnesses of his resurrection. And the beautiful thing about being a witness of the resurrection of Christ is not just like it's a it's a historical fact. It is a historical fact, 
But the beautiful thing about the apostles is that the resurrection life that they were witnesses was not only evident in the fact that they saw Jesus, touched Jesus after he rose, but it's in the fact that Jesus was very, his resurrection life was, you know, uh, reflected in their own lives, in the signs and wonders that they were performing, but more importantly, in their own transformed lives, right? It's really cool to see Peter, the doubter, Peter, the, the impulsive person being transformed, being th that resurrection life working in him. In, in in throughout the book of Acts and and so on, so it, it's beautiful because that same resurrection life is 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 ours, right? And in that sense, we 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 can be and we are witnesses to that same resurrection. So it's a matter of you know um, praying and working that that resurrection life can can be more evident in our life, not only personally in the way you know what we desire, what we think, what we want, but also like you said, in the way that we treat others. So in that sense, right? We, we, we wish that, 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 that identity as witnesses of his resurrection. We wish it to be evident in ourselves and, and in the way we treat others. Yeah, it's interesting. I was reading Gordon Fee today, and, and he was making the point that um, Paul didn't have to sort of command the Christians to spread the gospel no. in, in sort of a this is God's law, God's command, because he knew they already were. Mm. You know, he says to the church in Rome, your faith has gone out into all the world. And, you know, the church in Philippi was suffering for being a witness. Hmm. And so these are things that very, came very naturally in their identity was when they had opportunity to share the gospel. No. And Paul's not suggesting they do this in a sort of obnoxious, forceful way. But it was simply a part of their of their identity. They are yeah. new creation gospel people. And so they were pretty much all in trouble for it. Yeah. You know, in the book of Hebrews, remember some of them had confiscated, the government confiscated their houses for some of them because they identified publicly as Christians. Yeah. And so Paul doesn't have to command it. it. It's happening very naturally. Yeah. So to see ourselves as um, that type of pilgrim people on mission, Really, I think that's what genuine Christians are looking for in a church. And I think they can tolerate a lot of things they may not personally like in music taste or hmm. you know, maybe disagree with certain doctrines. Not not major ones, of course, but no. Yeah. Um, so we like I said, we'll develop this in the coming weeks, but this this will be a good introduction of where we're going yeah. in in the podcast on the church. Any any other thoughts? No, I think I'm just excited because next week I think it's going to be more more history on how this looks like. So I'm really excited for that one. All right. Well, we hope you all stay with us. And if you're a new listener, we want to welcome you uh, to our podcast. Ourselves 
back to the God.